Hello and welcome to Goblin. I'm Neil. <laughs> <laughs> Go away, Neil. Wrong episode. Wrong episode. Get out. Hello and welcome to Goblet of Wine, a drunken Harry Potter podcast. I'm Charlie. And I'm Hannah. And we're two 20-somethings rereading our favourite childhood book, but this time with added alcohol and cynicism. In today's episode, we are rereading chapters... Shit, Hannah, what was it? 25 and 26. I'm Neil. <laughs> <laughs> Neil! Get out! You're 20... not in this episode. No, not this episode. 25 and 26? Grab a drink and join oh, us. This is the drunkest episode ever. So maybe if you're listening in the morning, don't wait till the evening and drink with us because um it will be insufferable. You'll find out why. Goodbye. Bye. Hello. Hello. Guys. We're in the same room. We are. Finally. We're socially distant in the we, same room. We are, and we have formed a bubble, or whatever it's called, so that this, this is legal, yep. um, according to British ridiculous but law. But we are still not allowed to touch I know. each other. I know, because I was going to say, like, oh my god, I can touch Hannah, but like, but I can't legally. Like, I, I could, and it would be a very, very fun way to break law, but <laughs> I'm not going to. But anyway, we are finally recording in the same room for the first time in... Four months. Probably longer, like four and a half months. Crazy. It is. Um, I'm really happy because, I mean, like the other day, because we saw each other the other day for the first time in four months, but I ended up like I walked back from Hannah's when it was like quite late at night. Well, not quite late, but it was dark. The entire way through lockdown, the one thing that kind of like kept me going was thinking about that like first time when I would walk back from your guys after recording the podcast because <laughs> I was just like that's going to be a sign that life is like more normal, more normal and stuff yeah. and I really like those walks like when I'm like drunk or tipsy walking back from your guys and it's so pretty where you guys live especially like at night and I don't know like I really always enjoy that walk and Aww. I always listen to like really atmospheric tunes of and yeah and it's something that I really really like so then Obviously, the other day, it wasn't after recording the podcast, but it was after I'd been at yours. And then, like, I walked back and I was just like, finally, like, it didn't feel like we would ever get to this point. Yeah, I did kind of think, though, like, at the beginning of all of this, I did think, oh, when we're back together recording the podcast, everything will be back to normal. And obviously, I wasn't thinking through, like, easing is a lot longer process than a lockdown and easing will continue for, like many more months than we were in lockdown yeah and uh, i mean when i left london i thought i genuinely thought it was going to be for two weeks and now you look back and you're like that was so dumb yeah of course it would never be for two weeks but at the beginning we all thought like i was saying to my colleagues i'll see you in three weeks we'll be back in the office in three weeks yeah and obviously like none of us had experienced a global pandemic before so yeah we were like oh yeah it's fine it's gonna be like a couple of weeks nope 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 but anyway we are finally back together which is so great because like i mean you guys have been so nice no one's messaged saying they've noticed any difference any dropping quality or anything like that yeah. but for us it's been a lot more difficult i mean this podcast is built on us being in the same room so yeah i'm so excited for us to be together again yeah. especially because internet connectivity when you're in the middle of a joke is the most annoying oh, thing my god it was like the worst and i i feel like we had some amazing like lockdown quarantine episodes and then we had some more like lackluster ones and so i do think it can be done remotely but we're just not used to it yeah. and i'm really excited for us to be drunk and chaotic together from like one and a half meters distance or whatever it's supposed to be so in celebration of us being together again mm-hmm. 
we made a promise. One yeah. alcohol. We mm. made a promise to you guys back when we got separated. But I don't even know if we ever said it on the podcast. We might have just said it on Patreon. We might have done. I don't remember where we said it, but we said that when we're reunited, we will record the drunkest Goblet of Wine episode ever. Now, this is a stretch, as there's been some very drunk ones in the past. Right now, we're recording this sober because we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. But we're about to go get smashed. We are. We don't really know what we're drinking aside from we have a random collection of spirits, but we're going to decide what to drink and then we're going to voice note in some of our reactions um, and our thoughts. Like the next couple of minutes will be like lower quality. They'll just be voice notes of us trying different alcohols. It'll be like a smash cut. It should be super funny because we have things like fire whiskey and knob creek Mm -hmm. bourbon exactly so yeah we're gonna go and spend several hours getting the most drunk that we have ever recorded an episode bearing in mind it is currently five o'clock so it is so early no it's five o'clock somewhere that's when you can legally start drinking morally start drinking i started it like three or something yeah i had a gym like an hour ago anyway (laughs) anyway um we hope you enjoyed this drunk episode we will do our normal intro in a second but um enjoy hello we're at a park (laughs) we're we're starting with a shot of um knob creek (laughs) there's a man sleeping (laughs) you'll have really fun dreams then (laughs) oh god this is like the most alcoholic thing i've ever done (laughs) this looks like we have problems we're literally in a park with our shots lined up cheers cheers (coughs) ow i don't think you're meant to shot bourbon oh my god that burns that burns one shot down hello it's us again we're on tequila we are which is the spirit that without fail makes me vomit yeah you've refused to drink this at any point in the podcast so far this is the first (laughs) this is honestly it there is like i might vomit in a park right now please don't okay this is very full i don't want to pour it in my shoe okay three two one cheers (laughs) nowhere near as bad as the last one it's fine it's fine shot number two woo hello it's time for shot number three it is this is a penis liquor that we've drunk before in a live stream yeah Um, you guys remember the penis liquor i don't think it's supposed to be shotted but neither was the bourbon but you know what here we are this we're in a park full of like wholesome people walking their sausage dogs and we're just like let's shot the penis liquor yeah it's literally in a penis bottle and we're just like (laughs) i'm currently shoving the tip back into the penis (laughs) cheers cheers Oh, that wasn't too oh, bad. Oh, that's lush. Yeah, that was fine. Shot number three, kids. <laughs> oh, it's time for shot number four? Yeah. What's this? Three? I don't know. This is espresso-flavoured vodka. Sounds nice. Let's go. Cheers. Oh. Oh, I like it. Oh, but it burns. Sorry, I shouldn't have rustled the packet then. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're going inside to wee now. Bye. Yeah. Hello, we're back and we've had Hi. Charlie. How many units would you say we've had? I don't know how units work. My... So units are like a shot. Many. Okay, so we had four shots in the park. We then did a challenge on TikTok where but... we easily poured ourselves three more. No, we then did a few you're more you're shots. You're wrong, you're wrong. Because I drank some beer and you drank some uh, gin. gin. And then we met up and then we both drank some gin and then we did four shots and then we came back and then we did several more shots because of TikTok and a live stream yeah. and oh yeah we did a live stream it's on IGTV yeah. go check it out and now we are here and uh, now we have Charlie what's in these glasses I don't know so oh it's it fire whiskey fire whiskey fire whiskey and a coke, coke. 
Yeah. It's actually really nice. Is it? I've not put it in my mouth yet. We have new Patreons. Again, guys, we've had so many new Patreons. Um, Guys, I would just like to clarify a few things that have been asked of us, which is absolutely fine during the whole lockdown period. It does get a bit confusing. We tend to batch record two episodes at a time at least two weeks, if not a month in advance, yeah. which means that the shout outs can be up to six weeks behind. We could pre-record just before we release, but we prefer to do it together mm. just because it's more fun. If you guys disagree with this or would like it a lot more instant, let us know, but we prefer to do it together. If you feel you haven't been shouted out in eight weeks yeah that's about the limit where we're no longer where it's past the amount we've pre-recorded yeah so at that point dm us message us let us know we haven't shouted you out but it's normally the maximum is six weeks yeah so for instance today we've had someone sign up to the patreon and we are looking at our notifications and they're not appearing here we can see them in our emails and we can see them in a different part of patreon but they're not appearing in the notifications. so occasionally some kind of technical error will appear where after eight weeks perhaps we may not have read you out so just let us know and yeah. we'll read you out however if it's been like four to six weeks or something like that it just may be that we've pre-recorded so you're not in it which we're really sorry about but just be patient and we will get to you amazing human beings yeah even if and bear in mind if you choose to donate to the patreon for two months and drop out we will still read you out it's absolutely not a problem we will get to you it's just that we like to record these bits together so i'd just like to point that out anyway on to the new patrons we've had so many again oh Oh, my god God. i looked up synonyms for big (laughs) A colossal thank you to Jessica. So the next super massive huge thank you is to Nikita. We know that on our Discord we have an American Nikita and an English Nikita. Um, We are getting to that point now which is insane for us that we do have to do this. We have to nickname people by where they're from. (laughs) So thank you so much. But also these two Nikitas signed up within one week of each other. There were two Nikitas within like the same fucking week and we were like, oh no. Oh no, look what's happened. <laughs> Change your name. <laughs> An enormous thank you to our new Patreon, Ashley. And a girthy, girthy thank you to Stephanie. A hefty, hefty thank you to my name twin, Hannah. <laughs> oh yeah, Hannah's in the house. A super huge, massive, ginormous thank you to another Danny, which is another producer level Danny. An immense thank you to our new patron, Sarah. And then a specifically large thank you to Cameron, who is another Cameron. We now have two in the Discord. As you guys know, per the last episode, we are no longer reading out every review because apparently we get a lot now. Wow, we're famous. What? Who? Where? Wow. My favourite review was that we are a brilliant podcast. This podcast is probably one of the best Harry Potter podcasts. You can see why I'm reading this one out. It is my absolute favourite thing to listen to on the way to school. How young are you? Should we Should we be talking about giant sex with you? I am from England, but live in America. So it is really nice to be able to listen to some normal accents for once. I love that. Normal. normal. <laughs> 
Yeah. And that is from Zed Harris 345. Thank you so much, Zed Harris. So my favourite is cackling constantly. As an American who has a has has to actively hide a strangely British accent. This is why I wanted to How What? Explain. Why? Did you watch a lot of like British TV shows growing up? Like, how can you be American but somehow have a strangely British accent? I need to know, did you live here for at some point? Are you just being really pretend? <laughs> I just need to know, please, how you have a strangely British accent. I need to know. And um, they say, it's lovely to hear someone that sounds like me. Really funny and the feeling of being the only sober at a time gap. I can't read this. I'm so comfortable. <laughs> and that was for Eleanor. Thank you so much, Eleanor. Please tell me about your accent. I need to know, why do you have a British accent even if you're American? and I need to know thank you so much but also um, I'm very drunk and also if you guys want your review read out now you have to be the best review within the like two to weeks to a month that we read them just be the best review anyway let's fight each other fight each other let's fucking go fight chapter to- 25 oh, the egg in the eye Let Charlie unlock my phone I've already said what we're drinking we're drinking fire whiskey and coke it's chapter 25 the egg in the eye this is the most drunk we've ever been have fun with this episode Harry plans to take a bath with the egg yeah he does yeah he does we have all been there with our nice little egg taking a bath taking some some time for us just i feel like you're talking about egg in a different context no i like taking an egg fresh from sainsbury's from the fair trade aisle and just looking after it and and taking it to be fair have you seen those like lockdown quarantine videos of people hatching like quail eggs that they buy from sainsbury's that buy from like waitrose okay no so like quails like there's a lot higher chance that the egg is fertilized than a chicken egg so like chickens have a really 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 low chance that they're fertilized because you don't keep cockerels on a chicken farm but like could you go to sainsbury's and accidentally buy a fertilized egg one in a hundred thousand chance that's too high wait can we get the egg expert in Neil grew up on a chicken farm. You, what is the approximate chance that you could buy a fertilised chicken egg from a supermarket in England? Um, I have absolutely no but idea. But basically, a cockerel is very different from a female hen. So yeah. you would you would never have one on a so, chicken farm. So, having lived on a chicken farm for... <laughs> what is your life? Well, I know, I know, what, 20 odd years I know that there was maybe one or two occasions where when we got a new shipment of young chickens in we found a cockerel in there Oh. But you find them really quickly. Because they look like a cockerel. Because they look different. They make a different noise. They're right. bigger. Like, it's easy to tell. But can I confirm, quails, you can't tell the difference. Something like that, And yeah. that's why in lockdown, people have been trying to hatch quail eggs from Waitrose. Yeah, because it's a lot harder to tell as well that's if it's a fertilised egg or not. Horrifying. So because it's harder to tell the male quail from the female quail, that- people have been incubating the quail eggs they buy from Waitrose and seeing if they can hatch them. And some people have had success and a quail has hatched from them. Am I right? But yeah, what but would happen so. if you, one of those fertilised eggs and you tried to eat it? It'd just be like an egg probably, maybe a little bit weird. Chicken eggs, you know, far, far lower I said than one that. in a hundred thousand. You think yeah. it's less than that? I I have never heard of it happening. Okay. Have any, have any TikTok and people how done many, that? And how many eggs went through your care whilst you were a child? <laughs> My care... What, through the farm in the 20 years? Your dad worked this out at one point, he? Didn't did. He did. It was depressingly high. It I was think like 2.5 was... mi- 2. million, wasn't it? What? I think it might have been a billion. Was what? it a billion? I, I'm pretty sure it's 100 million, approximately. That's... Probably more. 
And you never heard of a chicken egg being fertilised? Not in my experience, no. Okay, so that's never going to happen, but a quail egg possibly. Yeah, but even then I'd question how high the chances actually are. I love that we are onto the chapter title and have already had to bring in like external content consultation thank you always happy to thank talk you, about Neil. eggs thank Ch- goodbye you. chicken boy nice to see you thank everyone you, chicken boy he is a good egg <laughs> so harry enters the prefect bathroom he has finally given in on cedric's advice and decided he needs to swallow his pride and take the egg into the prefect bathroom so i just want to talk about their bathroom for a minute <laughs> why why, why? Is the one reward for being a prefect a dank bathroom okay but in school, what were the rewards? There was nothing. They were like, you could put it on your UCAS application. Yeah, your UCAS application. For reference for anyone not British is your application that goes to your universities and barely means anything then and definitely means nothing anything else. Nothing. Um, but yeah, they're like, oh, it goes on your UCAS application. I'm very sorry, but universities do not care if you were a prefect or not. They no. don't. No, they, they don't. They don't care, but they were like, yeah, it goes on your um, UCAS application. I would much rather have had this incredible orgy bath with yeah. all of the different smelling soaps and foams and stuff. But I just wonder, right, out of... Because Hogwarts isn't like they have a higher education system. So they now have a system where this is like going towards a higher education. Maybe. So it could go on their CV because they don't have that in place, maybe. But like, why out of all the rewards they could get... Is the dank bathroom the one? Orgies! Orgies! It's all about the fucking orgies. Like, I'm very sorry, but, like, group sex is, like, by far the breast reward. The breast reward. The breast reward. The breast reward. I... What else do you want? Like, on your list of, like, yeah, I could do, like, a thing and have, like, a good thing. Like, what else is there? There is, like... Purely, I'm re- anyone that is my parents or knows my parents, like, I'm joking, but, like, also, like, orgies. Great! But also, if any of our listeners went to a boarding school, can you just tell me if, like, Prefix or Head Boy and Girl had a separate bathroom? Like, is this a normal thing? Because I... No. There's no way. Like, I worked in a private school. There's no way. Like, this a was not a boarding school? Yeah. Oh. I worked in a private boarding school. Julius Moaning Myrtle tells him to put it in the water. So he does because Harry just gets, gets everything handed to him on a plate because he's a white male. Wait, you've skipped so many. Did I? Yeah. Did so, I? I was talking about the bath quite a lot. I liked the bath. I like to think that it had those little like bubbly little vent things that you can kind of position yourself over and just... Oh. Wait, no, what? 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 So, um, the bath is the size of a swimming pool. Um, so the prefects essentially get a swimming pool. Um, I would like to point out the swimming is a very important skill that all wizards should be taught because whatever magic you think you know cannot stop you from drowning. But when were you taught swimming? Swimming is now so... Hello, I'm a qualified swimming teacher. Oh, fuck, I forgot this. <laughs> You've had a qualified egg farmer, now you've got a qualified swimming teacher. Wait, what do I get to talk about this episode as a qualified person? I don't care. So, it is now in England mandatory for everyone 12 and below. Basically, by the age of 12, you need, as part of the curriculum, to learn to swim 25 metres. 25 metres length of a pool. It's very, very essential and important that children know this, because if you fall in a body of water, you need to be able to keep yourself afloat until somebody comes. Now, we know the the, the, the wizarding world is a bit shit. They are homeschooled, yeah. whatever. Why do only the prefects get a swimming pool? Do the others have access to a swimming pool? Okay. 
So in my in my in my schooling experience, we were taught how to swim in primary school, not yeah. high school. So and you need to know by the age of twelve, which is why you have the lessons in primary yeah, school. Exactly. So we had them in primary school. We had a pool in primary school that I maybe went in twice. And it was so weird. Honestly, I could not tell you what was actually going on because yeah. I was obviously primary school age, which for anyone not British listening, um, was kind of like eleven and under. Mm. But for some reason our school kept being like this is no longer safe to be in. Mm. They blamed paint a lot. I don't understand. But I maybe went in there like a handful of times. And then every other time we kind of had like external lessons where yeah. we would get on like a little coach and go down to like a local school. All this swings back to the point of how do they know these kids can swim? There's a lake on the grounds yeah. of this school. There should be mandatory swimming lessons. There should. 100%. As someone who advocates for all children, if you have a child and are listening to this podcast, take them swimming from a baby. No, the water will not hurt them. I promise. Moaning Myrtle tells him to... Uh, put it into the water. Harry really um, doesn't do anything for himself. He no. he doesn't. He does um, nothing for himself. So then there is the line in quotation marks from Harry because basically Myrtle has a go at him for not having visited since the second year and he's like I'm not supposed to come into your bathroom am I? It's a girl's one. Oh! Why are you screaming? Why do you think I'm screaming? Because it's a girl's bathroom. He's like, I can't come into your bathroom. It's a girl's bathroom. And I'm just like, like, I'm not saying that this is foreshadowing. Yeah. But But also this this makes me physically hurt. I know, but it's still in secondary... I assume still in secondary schools now, but definitely when I was in there, which was, you know, 10 years after these books were written, bathrooms are very secular places, like... A different for gender sure. going into your bathroom was a no-no. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Like, 100%. But I think just this, like, very, like, explicit, like, I can't come into the girls' yeah, bathroom. It's very I'm explicit. a man. It's just, like, in in rereading this at this very particular yeah. point in time when J.K. Rowling is, for some fucking reason, deciding to suddenly be so vocal that it makes me want to, like just like hold her down and like slowly choke her until she stops breathing i could drown her i'm quite good at that as a swimming teacher yeah we'll work together on it one guys don't worry we we will be the one podcast that not only discusses harry potter that not only discusses harry potter from a british standpoint that not only discusses harry potter from a british standpoint but discusses harry potter while drunk but we will be the ones that defeat jk rowling the final boss we will do it i promise you we will pin down that fox Scottish bitch and just like fucking choke the life out of her. Um, oh, no. Shh. Carry on with the podcast. Anyway, we're going to kill Kate J.K. Rowling. So, <laughs> yes. um, Harry realises from listening to the egg underwater, by the way, in this dank bathroom, which has like a hundred taps laid uh, on the edge. I hope they're in like different kind of like angles and positionings and like different like water strengths and different like water patterns. And there's one okay? that like kind of just pull. It's shh. Be- shh. I just was going to say that I, as a person, hate baths. I hate, I physically I am repulsed by baths. Would, I, but I would 
bathe in this. Yes, I hate baths as someone that has spent the past like a thousand billion years just sharing baths with strangers where you're just like... Sharing baths? You mean sharing bathrooms? <laughs> bathrooms. <laughs> no, sharing I just like don't, I don't just like spot a stranger having a bath and I'm just like, I'm just gonna jump in I'm just in gonna there. jump in with them. Just like fold your legs up a bit and I'll just get in the other end. Ooh, <laughs> I nice. really, I need a wee, but just like ignore. I'll just wee in the bath. It's, don't worry, it's good it's for you. fine. It's like actually a good skincare. Good. <laughs> Shut up. I'm not a fan of a bath just because when I have my like house, my like household's pubes like clinging to the side, oh. there is nothing oh. that makes me be like, you know what I want to do? I want to marinate my naked body in, in this pube soup. See, um, I just I just don't like baths. From a general standpoint, when I lived with my parents, when I lived with Neil, when I lived with shared housemates, I don't like baths. I hate baths. But I would bath in this because it's swimming pool. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I have a very short attention span. I was talking about this with you earlier that I don't like sunbathing. And for the same reason, I don't like having baths because I'm just like... Bored now. Boop what am I doing yeah like what next am I doing but like yeah I I would bath more if I didn't literally have to like soak my soak my naked body in just someone else's curly little hairs stop talking so sorry Harry goes underwater with the egg and realizes that it basically the egg speaks English underwater he can hear the language underneath the water yeah so he can finally understand it and then he's also just like how long has Myrtle been watching me like has she seen the goods and also Myrtle is talking about Diggory being like all the bubbles were nearly gone okay A on one hand bit perverted yeah very perverted Myrtle don't but on the other hand Myrtle died when she was like 14 and 15 she must be very curious frustrated yeah so I can see where Myrtle is coming from, spying on naked Cedric and naked Harry, but also it's a bit uncomfortable that Harry and Cedric can have no alone naked time. Yeah, Because naked time is important. Yeah, it, naked time is very important. He sees a painting of someone that, like a mer person, and he's like, Myrtle, what if they're mer people? And she's like, oh my God, Harry, you're like so smart. You're like, like so clever. This like took, Mer- took um, Cedric like so fucking long. First of all, Myrtle says something. So Harry realizes that there's mer people in the lake. He has to go into the lake to rescue yeah. something he will mm-hmm. miss. Myrtle says, if someone, basically, I sometimes go into the lake when someone flushes my toilet, which means that the toilets in Hogwarts directly Keep empty into to the lake yes and also like they're supposed to be this like non-corporeal form and yet she somehow can get f- gets like flushed but also there's poop in the lake charlie there's poop in That's the lake out of all of the hygienic things i've ever heard that is not one of them poop in the lake the lake they... where they're like oh the kids just like touch it and the kids just play with the giant squid and the kids yeah. are gonna do a task in there there's poop in the lake that yeah, there is um, a lot of poop. There's a thousand children at Hogwarts and like another hundred teachers. There's a lot of poop in the lake. There is a huge amount of poop in the lake. Anyway, then Myrtle <laughs> mentions that when she died, she tried to follow the girl that bullied her for her entire life. I am this level of pity. Pity? Petty? Pity. pity. I'm this level petty. Like, I, I'm very sorry, but there are people from high school, and I know that you're supposed to be really like, I'm so over high school, blah, blah, blah. And, like, for the most part, I am. Like, no, I, no, no. I, no. I am, unless 
and ever did anything to mess with me and then fuck me i would do anything to get yeah, back at her i'm just for the most part completely over high school like whatever blah, blah, I'm not blah. Blah. however <laughs> there are some people that i take great gratisfaction gratisfaction yes not no 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 try again Satisfaction. No, but gratification is a. Gratisfaction is not a word. I will make up my words for now. Thank you very much. And um, yeah, and if you argue with me, you're officially being ableist, as I am a dyslexic person. Oh, for anyway, fuck's sake. Uh, but not only from high school, but from from university that I regularly LinkedIn stalk, and I'm just like, I do better than you, bitch. What was your point? I don't know what point you were making. I don't either. I just wanted to say that. I don't, I, anyway, Myrtle basically follows this girl that bullied her for oh, her yeah. entire death life, which, like, I understand because Myrtle was bullied and died age 14, but also... But leave this girl alone. But, like, so, Harry leaves the bath because he's worked out the egg clue. He has to collect something from underwater within a time limit, whatever. It's yeah. people, And he, like, sees the painting of person and he's like, yeah, yeah shit, that... mermaids. That's... That shit is obvious. So he leads... Oh, God. He leads the bathroom and he sees the name Bartimus Crouch yeah. in Snape's office on the map. So, right. Number one, this is a highly convenient name because... Right. The map is really fucking clever because when Scabbers was a rat, it said Peter Pettigrew rather than Scabbers. But now that it's Barty Crouch, it won't put the words junior yeah even though it's the junior which is really fucking annoying if it can work out the animagus of scabbers is peter pettigrew why can't it put the words junior on barty crouch junior because it's bollocks like junior is 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 part of your name that's not like an official part of your name like if your dad is named john and you're named john junior that's not like that's not on your that's not that means nothing. I'm sorry. That means nothing. So, like, it wouldn't appear on the on the, the big shiny slate so com- flamboyant map thing. So it's convenient. But Harry being Harry, obviously, goes to investigate. And then the book sometimes wonders why Harry gets in trouble so much. It's for shit like this. At midnight, he's just got out of the bath and he's like, Oh, I've seen Barty Crouch Jr. in Snape's office. I'm going to go fucking investigate. Why do you think he gets in trouble so much, Harry? Yeah. Be like a normal, like, 14, 15 year old and be like, I'm bed. in this luxury bath and be like, just, Harry, just have a wank. And go to bed. So Harry, whilst going to investigate this thing, uh, gets caught in a trick step, drops the egg and the map down the stairs, which he's caught in. Phil drive, gets the egg and is like, oh, Peeves stole it. Peeves. So what I realised whilst reading this is J.K. Rowling has been really clever. I think in this book, this is the first time she's introduced the Marauders map. Yeah. Listeners can correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I'm pretty certain this is the first time she's introduced the map because any time Harry opened the map, he would have seen that anywhere Mad-Eye Moody is standing would have said Bartimus Crouch. And there are instances where Harry kind of sh- sort of should have, for plot reasons, have had the map. So when he went to, like sneak down to Hagrid's and then sneak back up to Sirius in the fireplace. It would have made sense for plot reasons to have a map and we didn't really pick up on the fact he didn't have the Marauder's map. But it was because if he'd had the Marauder's map, it would have created the issue that it would have spotted Barty Crouch's name. So she didn't put the map him up until this point. So that's clever. It 
it it's clever snape arrives and we find out he sleeps in a nightshirt i didn't want this image no i i love it i am always here for alan rickman wearing a little like it's not alan rickman it's just snape but is Alan Rickman though, and I like to think that his balls are just like kind of like peeking out, no, like oh, no, hello, no, no, no. So Snape says his office has been broken into. Moody arrives on scene, and obviously Moody's magical eye can see the through the cloak, so he can see Harry. So Snape mentions the potion ingredients. But wait, 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 wait. We forgot to mention Harry gets stuck in the. the oh, I've already trips. mentioned that. He's. Did you? Yep. Are you sure? Yep. 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 So, Snape mentions that potion ingredients have gone missing from his store cupboard, which is the first clue in a very important thing where... So, Harry's <laughs> brain immediately assumes he's talking about second year, yeah. where he and Hermione and Ron stole ingredients for the polyjuice potion. But Snape isn't talking about that. He's talking no. about this year. Yes. And that's a really clever double cross. Because as the reader, we're like, yeah, of course they're talking about the second year. But they're not. They're not. No. So, yeah, Harry basically falls on this trip this trip step and he, he drops his egg. And he also drops the map. because I've, just, I've said all of this. I don't care. He's just a bimbo. Like, fucking hell, Harry. Like... Catch up with the rest of us. So Moody then spots the map lying on the stairs. He says, you've dropped something. And Snape reaches for it, but Harry is gesticulating wildly to Moody and Moody summons it. But Snape in that time realises realizes that it's what he thinks it is, which is a map, and realises that Harry might be there. So he's like reaching out his arms like, yeah, Potter is here. He's like, he's here. And it's like, he's stuck at a fucking step. This is not that hard to find. Like, I, I'm really fucking sorry. It's not like he is on, like, the middle of a football pitch. And, and it's really convenient that they all came at the bottom of the steps rather than the top and had to walk down because yeah. otherwise they would have just walked into Harry. Exactly. Snape and Filch leave. Basically, Moody is like, there's no one here. I can see everything. Go away. Yeah, and, like, Filch is just like, it was Pete. It was Pete. And Snape is like, it was Harry. And Moody's like, go away, both of you. I You're have an tired. entire sentence, which is just Snake comes. Snake comes. <laughs> yeah, he does. Okay. So Moody at this moment knows he can now never let the map out of his sight. Because, right, if Harry was to look at the map at this second, he would see himself staring in the eyes of Bartimus Crouch. Yeah. So Moody at this point is apparently looking at the map with like, fearful kind of wonder yeah and that's because he's and like he's, knows he can never let it go he's so good at disguising it yeah and, and honestly i think that like lupin last year has done him so much favor in this because harry at this point is like very used to like the defense against the dark arts being like casually curious yeah. about the, the the map so he doesn't question it if it wasn't for moody like for lupin last year he might have been a bit more like why is lupin so why is Moody so, like, curious about this map? But it just seems 
like normal to him. He's just like, yeah, I'm just gonna let this teacher like take it. Like that's fine. Well, Harry's so taken in by Moody. It's like you could be an aura, you know. And Harry's like, have the map. Yeah. Have anything you want. Moody, Do you want sex? Like it's Moody good. Moody is so smart. Like Moody he knows is so smart. Exactly the kind of compliment to pay to Harry. Like honestly, it's it's genius. I feel like it's such a shame, genuinely, that we get so little exposure to Barty Crouch Junior mm. in these books because he is so because Harry smart. literally. So the fake Moody asked, did you see whose name it was breaking, breaking into Snake's yeah. store cupboard? And Harry Lynch says, yeah, it was Barty Crouch. And at this point, the fake Moody is there like, okay, can I have the map? But he smartly thinks, I'm going to pay Harry loads of compliments. Yeah. Get him on his- and Harry falls for it. He and does. it's good. It's really he's good. Dumb. Yeah, and like genuinely, it's like if you were the map, obviously like Barty Crouch is his name. You're not gonna be like, oh, specifically the junior Barty Crouch Junior. Like it, it, it's genuinely it's so smart, and it's how Barty Crouch reacts on the spot to okay, what does Harry know? I need to find out what he knows, but I need to to not react. You know, he might know that it's me and he might not know that it's me and he he keeps right around her himself and then he's so good at thinking your stories on the spot and then paying harry the attention that he needs and honestly he's genius like i love this character i feel like a lot of why i love this character is because of his portrayal Mm. in the films which is so rare but like genuinely like i i feel like his character has done a disservice in the films if anything Mm. because it's just such a beautifully smart character i agree but now we're on to chapter 26 the second task which is a beefy chapter so we're gonna go through the plot fast so it's the second task it's the next day in charms the trio are talking about what harry has overheard and about what he has to do for the task neville is just casually accidentally sending professor flitwick flying across the classroom which is just a brilliant image why are you doing this oh what's occurring um no i love this because they're practicing in jk rowling's words the uh opposite of the summoning charm which is what is that? The banishing. What is that? The banishing and, um, Yeah, and then they say that, like, shit is flying everywhere, including ne- Neville. Uh, no, keeps... including Professor Flick. No, no, Not but... Neville no, 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 but if you let me finish my sentence, including Neville has such bad aim that he just keeps sending Professor Flitwick, like, flying across the classroom, which is just beautiful. It's great. I love the image of it. I just love the image of Professor Flitwick just, like, resignedly flying, like, oh, oh no. not again. Not again. So, Ron, at some point, knocks Parvati's hat off during this spell lesson, which just reminds me that they're all wearing hats. Uh, which upsets me every time I'm reminded so upsetting. of it. I don't need to be reminded they're wearing hats. Ron, mostly, kind of Harry suspects Snape because Moody said something last night about a second chance. So this has got the trio thinking like, well, what did he do wrong and what was his second chance? So they start searching the library, but they are really struggling to find something that will enable anyone to survive underwater. It, this kind of chapter skips forward a few weeks because they're really just struggling to find this. Care of magical creatures. Hagrid has got unicorn for foals. Harry considers asking Hagrid for help. He should have. I don't know why he doesn't. I'm because really... he feels so bad. He I know that he's guilty. yelling right now. Oh, Harry just needs to buck the fuck up. Like, he just won't ask anyone for help. No. And it's just like, this is what people are here for. Like, as as your role in whatever, like, you know, in the Wizarding World, you're 
if you're competent, you're seen as a powerful wizard in the muggle world. I don't know, you're seen as a successful, whatever, a successful person, but it's all because of the people that you surround yourself with. Like, mm. no one is who they are just because of who they are. Like, they're entirely responsible for who they surround themselves with and their, like, network. And both in terms of, like, professional and, like, personal support. It's completely bollocks to be like, oh, yeah, like, he he's just good because of just him. And, and I understand that this is a very, like, immature way of seeing yourself, that you have to do everything yourself. But that's not how the way it works. Like, everyone relies on their network and their, like, people that support them around them. And it just... Harry, just... Just ask Hagrid. He is... You know, you... This is a person that is dear to you and that you have, like, built this relationship with. Like, you can completely ask him for support. That's how the world works. Like, you are only as good as the people that you surround yourself with. I'm really sorry this was a tangent. No, it's fine. No, you're right. But Harry is too proud because he hasn't learned. I think Harry is so used to fending for himself like with the Dursleys that he doesn't realise he has the ability to ask for help Yeah. so he doesn't ask Hagrid for help even though Hagrid probably does know the answer he does like Hagrid is so smart just not in the way that we're like but Hagrid would know how to breathe underwater because he would have to go into the lake sometimes yeah 100% 100% so Harry feels too bad to ask him for help so then we skip to the night before the task and Harry still found nothing to help him so they're all in the library searching, Harry and Hermione are in the library searching for something to be able to help them. Fred and George appear and say that Professor McGonagall has specifically requested Hermione and Ron. Yeah. Harry obviously like freaks out. He's like, oh, it's because they're helping me, but whatever, they have to go. Harry goes to the dormitory with all the books and then goes back to the library because he's determined to stay up all night. He has not found anything to help him. And at this point, I can so feel panic like that panic when you realize you haven't like prepped for a meeting or advised for an exam or something like that where yeah. you're like i yeah. haven't done that yeah like 100 percent. is that i mean the anxiety the anxiety that i used to have going into exams mm. and it's completely unparalleled because i've done things technically far more stressful since but the thing with exams is that it entirely relates on what's gonna go on in yeah. that like you know, like hour, no exams. Hour and a half. Like I really feel for people taking exams because, yeah, in my job, I have done things that are like in the world more stressful. Yeah. like the way they impact and even society, more. they matter more than what's happened in the exam. But I feel a lot more stress going into that exam. Yeah, exactly. And like this is not only an exam for Harry because it literally replaces his exams, but this is something that. It, everyone is like watching. life or death and yeah. everyone is watching it's life and death and everyone is watching and it's like holy crap I could not have dealt with this yeah so Harry falls asleep because it's like three o'clock in the morning and wakes up to Dobby poking him Dobby insists that Harry goes down to the task and says he knows how to save Harry at this point Dobby basically reveals that the thing that Harry will miss most which at this point has been a mystery to Harry is his wheezy I love it it's so cute I know and Harry basically works out that the wheezy that gave Dobby the jumper is Ron and this is a pure like drop in the stomach moment for Harry and the audience because I don't think at this point the audience has worked out what matters to Harry most is a person not an object and it's just so cute because you don't really know but it's like he's just saying he's wheezy and 
it is so cute, I want to cry. I know. And then when Dobby quotes, you know, the riddle, and he's like, prospects black, and Harry's just like, he will die! He will die! And you're just like, Harry, you're such a drama queen. This does not mean that, like... No, I'm, I'm going to go into this when he's in the lake. I totally see why he believed it. I... Yeah, I kind of do when he's in the lake, but kind of beforehand, I'm just like, you really could use your, like, logical mm. reasoning skills to be like... Before he was in the water, I, I, I'm I, like, why didn't you realise? But when he's in the water, I totally see from yeah. his perspective. 100%. So, like, Harry, like, darts the fuck down to the lake. Yes, yeah, sprints um, down. Yeah, he has the gillyweed that um, Dobby has handed him, and he kind of, like, just... Like again, he's got all the answers from yeah. someone else. He just gulps the fuck down and like goes into the lake um, and enters the lake, and then can we just talk about that? This is again, not again. This is the first time out of two that this is the shittiest spectator sport I have ever seen. So bad, I don't understand. Why have they ranked like they've like we've moved the stems from the dragon pitch to the lake? Great, what are we meant to be watching here? You're A not seeing anything. Lake. It doesn't make any sense. Like J.K. Rowling just does doesn't understand sport like i'm it makes no and the same with the maze thing like none of them are what the last two the only task that is exciting for everyone else is the first one the second two are like wow i'm just staring at like a lake for a bit like they you know they might have had screens up showing what's happening under the lakes but it's never mentioned and it just doesn't work it's it's not because the mer people have to explain to dumbledore what happened exactly so harry swims through the lake he gets attacked by grindelwalds and then um, grindelwalds oh yeah grindelows grindelows and then he meets moaning myrtle who's just like hanging out there just like hey bro um so eventually he hears mer people songs and he swings swims towards it i called it mer town Murtown. Murtown. Mm, I love that. Well, they um, have kind of like houses and pets and gardens. Why yeah. call it Murtown? So he finally hears them singing and then he swims towards it and he I finds the hostages. I yeah. had a question. Why do wizards display mer people in the same way muggles do? In like this beautiful way. Like Harry describes the painting in the bathroom as like blonde and like beautiful with like a fishtail. Why do wizards like paint that picture when mer people are their own species and race that have like their own distinctive characteristics which are nothing like human standards of beauty? I don't know. I just find that really it's weird. Just, yeah, it's a load of bollocks. I I really love a lot that goes down in kind of like mermaid mythology 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 because a lot of the time it's about like luring sailors to their death which is us just like yes like i i relate to this a lot why have you lured sailors to their death for legal reasons no comment right it's a nice phrasing of it and then it kind of just like reaches this point in like very basic understanding literature written by really like fucking stupid like white cis blonde straight middle class white women and they're just like ha 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 mermaids and you're just like you've taken such like an interesting mythological thing and you've just turned it into such like uh but they have like that's the thing like she kind of has and kinds and hasn't because she hasn't in the sense where the mermaids in real life are like their own race with their own culture okay but i feel like through the way that they're used in Harry Potter, she completely strips them of everything. They're just literally just this, like, plaything oh, yeah. that Dumbledore is just, like, using for his will. And it 
just bothers me so much because it's just like you have taken this thing where it's like mermaids in mythology used to like lure people to their death like sailors to their death and that was like hot and kinky and I love it I like I love everything about it and also just like yes do that girl like I love it I support you like yes lure men to their death and then like JK Rowling's interpretation is just like huh Dumbledore asked them a favor and then they did this and we're gonna have no context around like why these people were like living in the lake or like the context around their like community and like civilization is literally just like they're these like subservient people that are like just doing what Dumbledore tells them and like it sucks balls like I'm so bored by it it's just like yes like lure Harry and Cedric to their death like I 100% would watch the porn of like just a thousand billion like mermaids just like completely just like defiling and ruining um daniel radcliffe and um robert patterson and also like i mean the other two as well the Um, other two sure i basically she turns it from like a porn that i would watch into like a really like one-dimensional story that i would like maybe like fall asleep listening to but like not in like an aroused way okay i was just looking into why wizards look into the muggle idealized version of mermaids rather than the when they know what they actually look like like wizards have an actual understanding of what mermaids and mermen and people look like so why do they idealize the muggle version in like stained glass windows and paintings you do that's another level and i really okay. really no i really really agree with what you said so no, i, totally I might agree. have misunderstood your question no i totally agree with what you said <laughs> no i do totally agree she just uses them for like the benefit of this chapter yeah. and never explores it further exactly which is like such a shame because yeah, it's such a shame i think that the way that you kind of first learn about mermaids you're just like oh mermaids are like pretty Pretty women with like tails and then you look it's it's very i know that before anyone attacks me i know that mermaids didn't um derive from brothers grim but like it's very brothers grim in the way that brothers grim and also that other that other bloke were responsible for a lot of fairy tales which then kind of later developed in hans these, christian anderson that dude that then really developed into these kind of disney styled things yes. when they actually started out as these the, these really dark things and and that's the same for the mythology around mermaids mm. um so i think that's why i find them quite interesting because it kind of started out as this really interesting thing and then kind of just kind of got got like whitewashed away into yep. this just like wank material i just find it weird that it's wank whitewashed in the text <laughs> whitewashed whitewashed in the text like mermaids are described as having like grey skin and green hair and like nexuses of teeth and that's perfectly valid they're a different species they have a completely different culture to what Harry's used to why do they have a painting of like a white beautiful woman with long blonde hair with a fishtail in the bathroom that's what's bizarre to me it's so porny and weird yeah and it's just like she's there just to be this like clue I guess. And it's just like, no. Even though you don't find them beautiful in your sense, they are a species. Yeah. It's just uncomfortable. So Harry basically (laughs) finds all the hostages. So Harry finds Ron, Hermione, Cho, and a small blonde girl tied to this statue. I have four thoughts. Oh, God. So, number one. Who decided who was the most important or thing they would uh, miss most to the champions. Because, like, for Crumb, it's so weird. It's, it's so weird. Okay, so three of the champions have people who are 
easily accessible at Hogwarts. For Harry, it completely makes sense. He has no family. So Ron is actually the person he would miss yeah. most. For Crumb and Cedric, it's kind of like who they would miss most in the school body because I refuse to believe they would miss Cho and Hermione more than they would miss their own mother. Yeah, it's so weird. It's so weird. Especially because, like, Crumb and Hermione have been on, like, one day. One day. Because then we know that's not true that they pick people within the own school because Fleur gets her sister. Exactly. That's why it's weird to me. It's so weird. Because if you were going to say, oh, it's who they miss most with who is in the yeah. student body of this school completely makes sense to but, me. Fine. But I, they pull Gabrielle from fucking France for Fleur. But I kind of... Part of me likes it because, I mean, we have discussed previously that the age gap between Hermione and Crumb is a not good thing that we have acknowledged but further forward are choosing to ignore yeah because we don't think that it was an intentional thing no. in the text we think that this was a Mid- an, like, oversight an oversight from from jk rowling so we're not choosing to believe that this has kind of like any impact on the text so i'm choosing to believe that crumb is just this person that's like really really infatuated infatuated with hermione which is like come on like who who wouldn't be she is great but yeah this basically establishes within the the text that out of all of his friends and family the person that he would miss the most is hermione who i mean canonically at this point we have seen them be them go on like one text i think that we can presume that there have been many conversations outside of that one text that he has actually been talking to her in the library blah 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 blah, because it would genuinely be nothing less than psychopathic for him at this one point like one day in to be like out of all the people in the world that i would miss she's a person i'd miss i like this because i think that it it explains a lot about Crumb's character that mm. he has probably not the best relationship with his family. And I think that when you have this character who's kind of this like white cis straight male, as far as we know, who has this like amazing sporting career, I think it genuinely like adds a lot that he perhaps maybe doesn't have a relationship with his um, family. And this is why she is the thing that he would miss the most. Mm. Um, I genuinely think that that adds a lot to his character and explains a lot and really like adds to his background character. And there's something that I can see is quite like fitting with him in him. Anything less than that, it becomes quite creepy. Yeah. I think if you believe right now that they have had their one date, it's creepy. You think that actually, you know, it's from Harry's point of view. So they've been hanging out a lot more with without her kind of having, you know, without it kind of being within the text. And this quite comes quite romantic and quite easily explained by Cram actually having not the best upbringing, which yeah. I kind of like for his character. Yeah, I see. I see it fitting with his character. Like a, a lot of the time when you have like young sporting people, it's often because they've been really pushed into the sport yeah. without a lot of actual love. It's more just like motivation for different reasons. Uh, like my next point was why did the three why did three of them have school people where Fleur's sister's husband brought in my next point was that Crumb really chose Hermione who at this point in the text he's has one date with but I do believe that they've seen each other outside of that exactly and my last point was that did Dumbledore really not consider that for Harry going down there, the two most essential people in his life are tied yeah. to the rock? Like, this is really unfair on Harry. Yeah. Because, right, let's discount Cho for a second. Let's pretend she's not there. But, but also, like, he's... He- 
Cho right now is someone where he's like, yeah, she's fit. Yeah, but let's discount her for a second. Let's just pretend she's not there. Even if we discount Cho, Harry doesn't have parents. Harry does not care for his immediate family. Therefore, the two people he would miss most in his life are Ron and Hermione. Yes, he ranks Ron above Hermione for a lot of different reasons, but at the end of the day, they're the two most essential ones. So did Dumbledore really not think through the fact yeah. that if... if, if you know, whoever did this ranking, if Crumb put Hermione on the thing, yeah. that was really fucking unfair it to is. Harry because the other champions don't have any personal other thing going on. Cedric can rescue Cho, no other bother. Crumb can rescue Hermione, no other bother. But Harry goes down there, he's got his best friend, his other best friend, and then if we consider Cho, yeah. his crush tied to the rock yeah which is why i think it's quite nice that in the end he stays for gabrielle i do but yeah it's it's really short-sighted it seems like it really unfairly ranks anyone they have like romantic feelings for which is just so i hate this from jk Rowling. which is why i really like that ron is tied to the rock i do but it just feels like it's like i'm sure that you know we know that cedric had a good relationship with his father he's been on like one date with cho that we know about does he really no we know that they've been dating since then but still still. it's a high school relationship like if you asked me to pick my high school relationship above my parents at the time i would have picked my parents no it's really unfairly like picking there and it's really unfairly when you like it makes sense to me if we consider that they're just choosing people at the school body but it doesn't make sense to me when we know that they can pick people outside the school body because Fleur's most important person is Gabrielle. Yeah, exactly. So I that really makes really, no sense to me. Yeah, it, it bothers me. But um, So Harry in the end pulls Ron free and tries to start on Hermione for obvious reasons. In this moment, so the Mer people pull Harry off Hermione and Harry doesn't know what to do and in this moment I can really actually understand where Harry is coming from he hasn't slept in like three days because he's been worrying about the task all he's been thinking about is the task he's woken up in a panic he's run straight down to the lake of course he's not thinking rationally yeah about like oh is the riddle fake he's just thinking like this is a life and death situation yeah. I've only ever been in life and death situations yeah like so he thinks he has to rescue all the champions and also he loves Hermione almost as much as he loves Ron of course he wants to rescue her yeah I mean my main point here is that Harry is really fucking dumb for not taking off his watch I have a point about the watch in the next episode we record I have a a lot of points about the watch okay so yeah so they basically Harry waits behind and the Quidditch dude Crumb releases his um, yeah, Cedric comes, and then, then yeah, Crumb the pretty comes. boy, and they release, and he basically, and then he realizes that Fleur isn't coming. So yeah. he releases Gabrielle and Ron, and he basically struggles up to the top of the water trying to save them both. Yeah. And then he finally gets to the top. Percy comes to meet Ron. I know, I had a note about this because it's just so cute. Like, Percy know. is so ro- worried about Ron, and he's just like hugging he, him. He like, runs into the water, and I'm like, yeah. oh, Percy, you are a good person. Which is so cute. And then. If Fleur also also believed that they were going to die. She's like, you saved her. You saved her. Yeah, because Fleur is so worried. Yeah, Harry is not the only person that was like, oh shit, yeah, they're going to die. Like, Fleur also believed this. Which of course she did because... To be honest, you would be worried more about your sister, which did not go to the school, which had been brought in for this task, than people who attended the school, which of course Dumbledore aren't going to kill. It says a lot that, like, Fleur is the only woman there. Like, all of the men are just like, oh my god, this woman that I've known for, like, five minutes, I would miss her the most. And then Fleur is the only one, like, my sister? Yeah. 
Like, it, I really... When Fleur runs into the water and is screaming for Gabrielle and pushing Madame Pottery off and saying, don't heal me, go help Gabrielle, I'm feeling for... Like, yeah. I think Fleur has done dirty in this chapter where she's like, oh, she was hurt by the Grindelows. To me, she is the bravest champion for, like... Yeah. She just so wanted whereas like crumb was like trying to bite through hermione's ropes without realizing that his shark teeth might hurt her yeah fleur wouldn't do that like no i don't know sure. so, so yeah so dumbledore chaster the head mer person yeah oh um, crumb pulls a beetle out of hermione's hair he does important yeah so the head mer person tells dumbledore what's happened and then in the end they, they announce the school <gasps> okay okay so dumbledore announces that because he's after his the scores are out of 50 the scores for the first task were out of 10 what and now the scores for the second task are out of 50 that makes no sense what bullshit the tournament is this yeah where the first task is out of 10 and the second task is out of 50 this is rigged this is rigged so yeah. that whoever they want can win because Fleur gets 25 points for like being yeah. attacked by Grindelows. Fuck that noise. Fuck that. Fuck that. And then Crumb comes like third and Cedric comes first but Harry comes second because the head mer person spoke to him. Why is it out of 10? Or why wasn't the first house out of 50? I'm going to scream no because yeah. it makes no fucking sense. Yeah. But anyway, Harry gets awarded 45 points. Yeah. Um, because he waited behind for everyone because he's a fucking idiot. Dumbass. I see why he did an idiot. that's the end of the chapter. Yeah, apparently he's tied for first place in this batshit scoring system. We hate it. It makes no sense. It makes even less sense going into the next chapter. Oh but you know, whatever. Oh my god, the next chapter. The scoring system is batshit. That's the end of the episode. Charlie, I'm very drunk. I am, and we're going to go eat some chips now. So, um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'm drunk. Enjoy the words. Goodbye, my love. I love you. Love you. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Goblet of Wine. To find us on social media, search at Goblet of Wine Pod on Twitter or at Goblet of Wine Podcast on Instagram. We also have a website over at www.gobletofwine.co.uk where you can keep up with everything that we do. This podcast is produced by our wonderful Hufflepuff tier patrons. Veronica, Sandra, Samuel, Redbeard, Mutalib, Katie, Catherine, Nathan, Danny, and Amanda. If you'd like to support this podcast, check out our Goblet of Wine Patreon, where you can also gain access to bonus episodes, behind-the-scenes content, and our Discord. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, and we'll see you in the next one. Bye! Bye.